Hi everybody and welcome back to the Unofficial Guide to Medicine podcast. Today is going to be the fourth episode in our OSCE revision series and is going to cover mental state examinations. Today's presenter is Lydia, a final year medical student at the University of Birmingham. Hello and welcome to another Unofficial Guide to Medicine podcast. I'm Lydia and today we're going to be covering a mental state examination. Psychiatry is an area of medicine that many students are a bit intimidated by. It feels like a world away from a surgical theatre or hospital bay. But in reality, psychiatry is a really important part of medicine, with one in six adults in the UK experiencing a common mental health disorder at some point in their life. And doctors in all specialties will treat patients who struggle with these things, and a number of us will be affected by them as well. As an OSCE station, it can seem a bit scary and less straightforward than, say, you know, a physical examination or a, a history-taking session. But in reality, psychiatry stations are all about being methodical and following that logical sequence. And if you do, then it's quite hard to go wrong. Psychiatry stations will often involve taking a history from someone presenting with anxiety or depression. So today we're going to be covering a mental state examination. Mental state exams are just a way to assess a patient's current state of mind, and there's quite a few different stages of them, so they can be a bit tricky to remember. But here are my top tips for smashing an OSCE station on mental state exams. Top tip number one, use the mnemonic aseptic to remember the things you need to include in your history. Mental state exams are a bit bitty and they've got lots of separate sections, so using a mnemonic to keep you on task can be really helpful. So aseptic is the one that I'm going to recommend. So if we start with A, that's appearance, S is speech, E is emotion or mood really, P is perception, T is thoughts, I is insight into the illness, and C is cognition. So there's quite a lot to go through with these, so I'll try and just briefly give an overview of each step for you all. So firstly, A, appearance and behaviour. This one's pretty self-explanatory really, but it's just about how the patient is looking. Just like in a physical exam, you would assess the patient's appearance for clues on their health, like a JVP or abnormalities in their nails, for example. You do exactly the same in psychiatry. So look out for how they're dressing. Are they making eye contact? Do they seem anxious or suspicious? All of these things can give clues into how the patient is feeling and how they're coping. Secondly, we've got S, speech. So for this, you're assessing their tone, rhythm, rate, and volume. We'll talk about this a bit later, but really you just want to hear whether they're speaking in a normal way or if there's aspects of their speech that you think could indicate a psychiatric disorder. So aseptic, onto E, emotion. So this is kind of assessing mood, emotion mood. So firstly, when psychiatrists talk about mood, they're talking about what the patient thinks their mood is, not you as the clinician's objective assessment of their mood. So mood is the long-term feeling that they've been experiencing. So when you ask the patient how they're feeling in themselves, that's what their mood is. So make sure that you just ask the patient how they feel and also ask about whether they've been experiencing any anxiety and check for suicidal ideation as well. This is then feeds into your clinician perception of the patient's affect. So the affect is how you think the patient is feeling in that moment. So the mood is how the patient says they're feeling and the affect is how you judge the patient to be. So on to P. P is for perception. For this one, make sure that you're asking about auditory and visual hallucinations or illusions. So ask the patient something along the lines of 
Have you ever had the experience of hearing noises or voices, but when they look, there's no one there? Or ask them if these are positive, then ask them where those voices are coming from. Are they inside their head or outside their head? Are they a voice that they know or a voice that they don't know? Do the voices tell them to do things or do they just kind of chat to them? Ask them if they see things that other people don't see. So perception is basically, does the patient experience things that other people aren't seeing and hearing? T is thought. So this is assessment of thoughts and it's split into content, aka what the patient is thinking, and form, so how the patient is thinking. So in your history, ask the patient to describe any worries or preoccupations that they might have and ask about any abnormal thought. So for example, have you ever felt that people were against you? Have you ever had your thoughts interfered by some outside force or person? These questions may seem really strange to be asking, but actually, they're actually quite common in patients with psychiatric disorders. So it's important to ask these questions in the thoughts section and see how the patient responds. So aseptic, we're on to I, insight into illness. So this is about whether the patient can themselves have an insight into their mental illness. Do they see themselves as being ill? Do they understand the effects this is having on their life? Or can they not really acknowledge and do they not really get the sense that they're ill? So assess this by asking someone something like, do you think that there has been a change in your mental health? How do you feel about it? Finally, C is for cognition. So this is asking if the patient is orientated in time, place and person. You can do a mini state exam here, but usually these are only used if you think the patient doesn't have cognition at all. So cognition is normally one that you can kind of assume unless otherwise unless it seems that they really have no idea where they are or who they are. So that was quite a meaty first tip. Sorry, that was quite a big one. But hopefully that gives you a general structure of how to approach a mental state exam and should keep you on task throughout the OSCE station. If you cover all those things, then you'll have done a really thorough mental state exam and your OSCE mark will be pretty great. So the next two tips I'll keep nice and quick and should just help you with a few other bits and pieces. So number two. Follow-up questions in OSCEs may well involve asking about different speech patterns that you might notice and what they mean. So remember how we were looking out in the speech category for tone, rhythm, rate and volume. There are a few obvious changes that you could notice which can indicate psychiatric disorders. So the first one is flight of ideas. This is kind of when someone flits from one topic to another, but there is still logical connection between thoughts. Loosening of associations, on the other hand, or derailment, is when the patient's ideas and speech keep jumping to different topic and to you they don't seem to have any logical connection. Derailment, I remember this by just thinking of a train, it's going along one track just, you know, on the same kind of thought process and then the train randomly jumps to another track and there's no, there's no switching, it just goes completely somewhere else on a path that you can't really find meaning for. So flight of ideas is jumping around of thoughts but seems kind of logical. Derailment is jumping around of thoughts but none of those thoughts seem to have a logical link. Then you've got circumstantial. So that's when important facts aren't really differentiated from detail and they might tell you loads and loads of things that aren't really relevant. And thought blocking. So this is when someone kind of suddenly stops in their thought flow or in their speech as though the thought were kind of removed. So they're stalking and then they might suddenly stop mid-sentence and forget where they were going and that's another thing to keep to look out for that's called thought blocking so on to our final tip well done guys you've done really well i would say it's very simple 
Being confident and calm is essential in psychiatric OSCEs. Confident and calm. In a practice OSCE session, one of my friends was trying to take a history from someone with schizophrenia who began getting very anxious and the actor kind of started pacing around and my friend actually squared up to the patient and it was absolutely a disaster and the session had to be stopped and it was really stressful. So please don't start fighting um, your actor patient. In an OSCE, just stay calm. It might be really difficult to get a psychiatric history from a patient in an OSCE, but actually it might not be about completing the psychiatric history. It might be about how you respond in those difficult circumstances. So it can be really off-putting if, and it can be really off-putting and really hard to take a history, more difficult than in other stations perhaps, but just stay calm Keep trying to logically go through that aseptic mnemonic and just don't get frazzled and you should be absolutely fine. There are loads more top tips for psychiatry stations and all the other OSCE stations really in the Unofficial Guide to Passing OSCEs book, which is available to buy from the Unofficial Guide to Medicine website. So I would really recommend that you guys check that out. Those are my tips for psychiatry OSCE stations. I know it was quite an intense one, but I'm sure that you guys will do really good if you get faced with these and just stay calm. So I hope that you enjoyed that and that it was helpful. Um... Thank you everybody for listening. If you would like to purchase the unofficial guide to passing OSCEs, you can do so via our website or via our Amazon shop. There'll be another OSCE Revision podcast released next Sunday, so make sure you tune in then. All of our podcasts are advertised on our social media, so make sure you go and give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. See you next week.